0: From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. The future of Australia's universities hangs in the balance, with the government's radical reforms to funding and student fees due to be voted on as early as today. The reforms have been strongly opposed by students and some universities, but the government has been negotiating furiously behind closed doors to pass its legislation through the Senate. Today, Rick Morton on independent Senator Jackie Lambie's crucial vote and whether these reforms are likely to become law. In a major overhaul of tertiary education, the cost of a humanities degree is set to double for students. Things Start like arts, law, commerce are going up to $14,500 a year. Nursing
1: what we're trying to do is to make sure we get students studying in the areas where we know there will be skill shortages and we know there will be jobs into the future.
0: Rick, Last week you spoke to Tasmanian Senator Jackie Lambie. What did she say to you about her thoughts on on the government's controversial higher education bill?
1: It was um, a pretty tense morning, actually, because it was Thursday morning last week and she was the woman of the hour. Everyone was trying to get in contact with her.
2: G'day, you've reached Jackie Lambie. Please leave your message and I'll endeavour to get back to you. Thank you.
1: Hey, it's a game you often play with um, political people, but it's, it's with Jackie, it's, you always get the sense that she genuinely is just absolutely pressed for time. Hello, Jackie, how are you?
2: No,
1: not Jackie, she's uh, still not answering. Oh, that's right, yep, yeah. no, no, um, I just I just tried to call her three times. All right, just leave it. And I was told to call at 9.20am on Thursday morning. Meanwhile, this story is moving, the government's trying to get votes for this bill to pass this incredibly radical overhaul. Um, of higher education funding through the Senate.
2: Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm good, mate. I've been talking to students this morning. They are so pissed off as Rufus Black.
1: She'd had meetings that morning with about half a dozen Tasmanian university students.
2: So I'd already picked this up over the last four weeks, but I had half a dozen of them this morning and they're just fuming.
1: And she was incredibly fired up. She was agitated um, she was furious, and she'd almost kind of intuited all of their rage and fury.
2: And they're really, really suffering. One of the young ladies just broke down. You know, this is the sort of crap that's going on, so... It's... i you know, then just well, to threaten them with um, arts degrees and putting them up and calling to the students all Rufus Black wants is a business model, not putting the students first. They are so angry.
1: She told me that the students that she'd met with that morning were really angry at the University of Tasmania's Vice-Chancellor, Rufus Black who was actually one of the few VCs to support the legislation publicly. And that legislation, um, this explains some of their anger at least, would see the cost of some university degrees double for students while overall Commonwealth funding per place fell. Black had actually been lobbying Lambie to support the bill and the government is relying on crossbench senators like her to get it across the line.
0: So, Rick, Jackie Lambie... I mean, it sounds like she's extremely passionate about this issue. Uh, Was that a surprise to you? And also, I mean, why? Why is she so passionate?
1: This is actually the most fascinating part of the story for me because Jackie Lambie never actually went to university, but she says that on most days she wishes that she had
2: You know, I just think it would have actually helped me out, I reckon. But anyway, that's the way life is, and I just don't want
1: to... Where she's from, uh, in northwest Tasmania, she was born there, she was raised there, she still keeps her local office there. It's got the worst um, higher education attainment rates in the state, which itself is still, according to the last census, the worst-performing state for people aged 15 and over who have a bachelor degree. So it's not a particularly well-educated part of the country. And because of that, the economic disadvantage in north-west Tasmania is deep.
2: And I just don't want to stand in any way or put another off school in front of those kids um, that want to go to university and make it harder for them. I'm just not going to be a part of that.
1: So she's had a few staffers come through her office and several of them, you know, including a current policy advisor, also grew up in this region and they did it tough on the track to university. And that has really kind of settled with her. She hasn't been able to get that out of her mind.
2: Hearing the same story, that income from wealthy families, how they had to move away and how it really sucked that the rich kids didn't have to work two jobs and try and do study at the same time. And, you know, in the meantime, they were living on noodles. That's always stuck in my head. That really, really bothers me.
1: So she's got these deep concerns about equality and access. And when the Senate started debating it, she says the situation exploded.
2: I think that was a week before we were supposed to take the boat, and then by 2 o'clock that afternoon, holy crap, and I thought, oh, OK, OK, there's obviously a problem with the bill. Yeah. You know.
1: And that made her pay uh, a lot more attention.
2: When the Coalition's trying to scram something down your bloody throat mm-hmm. and you think, ah, OK, right, it's got a problem here, hello, hello, uh, the bells are going off, yeah, so.
0: and so... When she did start to look more closely at at what the bill itself contains, uh, what did she find?
1: She saw something that she thought had been missed by a lot of the commentary, and including some of her own peers.
2: This system's been put in where you get a 10% reduction in your first game up up front, Well, we already know...
1: And that is that the students could get an even bigger discount than what is currently on offer, if they pay their fees up front.
2: The only people they're helping there, once again, is the rich kids... Exactly. And you know what, that to me is just disgusting. Um, So
1: that. So she went on a a listening tour to hear from students, um, her students in her state, from the university management, from the academics, the teachers, the lecturers, and the tutors. And after weeks of meetings last Wednesday, Lambie articulated this argument against the Coalition's proposed higher education reforms. And it grew, she says, based on this kernel of her own experience.
2: I told them very early on yesterday that what I was doing Mm. um, because we have been talking most days on it and I just said, I can't vote for it, I'm sorry.
1: So her rejection of the draft legislation was a thorough repudiation made through this lens of class and opportunity.
2: This is just another discouragement. It's just another brick put in their way and... uh I'm not doing that to them. I, you know, I salute them. I didn't
1: get to go... It also shocked a lot of people. There were people out there who had uh, written her off, um, who had assumed that she had stitched up a deal uh, with the Coalition, but that was far from the truth. She was actually scathing.
0: Mm-hmm. And so with Jackie Lambie now committed to voting against these higher education reforms, what will happen next?
1: The Coalition's last good chance to pass the legislation now rests with South Australian Centre Alliance Senator Sterling Griff and his lower house colleague, Rebecca Sharkey. Now, Rebecca Sharkey actually has carriage of education policy for the party and she's been handling the negotiations with the federal government about her vote directly. What the two of them decide to do will have huge ramifications for the future of Australian universities.
0: We'll be back in a moment. Rick, the government's higher education bill is due to come before the Senate. It, it could even be as early as today. So what is the federal government's strategy likely to be to try and get this bill over the line?
1: So we we already know One Nation are voting for the bill. Labor and the Greens are obviously opposed. And that means the coalition needs one more vote. So with Lambie out of the picture, Senator Rex Patrick, who used to be Senator Alliance but now an independent, he's affirmed no, absolutely not changing his mind. That leaves us with the Senator Alliance and Sterling Griff. Now, Sterling Griff um, has expressed concerns about the low rate of funding growth for all three South Australian universities under the current proposal. But Education Minister Dan Tehan appears to have prepared for this exact roadblock.
0: So the government is going to try and and do a, a deal to get Senator Griff's vote then?
1: Yes. <laughs> That's the short uh, way of putting it, because they haven't given up. I mean Dan Tehan says that he looks forward to working with the cross-bench to get the legislation passed. And that was after Lammy came out and said she won't support it. So basically, as the bill currently stands, South Australia's universities are all classified as low-growth metropolitan institutions. And under the bill, they would receive funding increases of only 1% each year. Now, regional universities, by comparison, will receive more than three times that, 3.5% each and every year over three years. Knowing that that is one of the concerns, it's quite interesting that there was this telling exchange in late September uh, when uh, the committee um, that was examining the bill heard from the Education Department official, Dom English, uh, and he told them that Minister um, Tian had actually been provided with costings for the reforms across a range of different scenarios. We have looked at South Australian universities from a number of different angles. Uh, is the current model, it's one of those alternatives, um, but that's all that's- you don't today. So the minister... independent senator rex patrick forced english to confirm actually in more detail even specifically about south australia whether the government had looked at the costings on increasing the growth funding for south australia's universities have you provided advice to the minister on costings on budget implications for south australian universities to be um uh, to, to be placed in the regional category such as 3% instead of uh, uh, 1%. When he was asked that, Dom English replied simply, Yes.
0: Right. So the government has basically already been looking at ways that it could carve out more money for South Australian universities, which would presumably help them secure the votes of this South Australian senator whose vote it needs to pass its bill. Surely that would make universities in other states frustrated?
1: you could bet your house on it. <laughs> so, you know, if they were to classify South Australia's universities as regional in order to win over the Centre Alliance, which is not a guarantee, by the way, because it's only one of the concerns that Centre Alliance have, but it is a pretty big one, that would have huge consequences for the government. Most trivially, I guess, um, it would mean additional, an additional cost to the budget that it does not want to incur, because you've got to remember that this whole package was designed so they didn't spend an extra, a single extra cent not a single extra dollar. Um, But more substantially, though, such a deal would actually outrage other low-growth metropolitan universities and especially fellow members of the powerful group of eight universities, of which University of Adelaide is one. But the VCs have kind of... They've been a bit lukewarm in their opposition or support of the bill. I mean, Rufus Black emailed staff saying that we should support it. Um, But even that was kind of an exercise in some mental gymnastics because what the universities really want is certainty around funding and the ability to grow domestic student places um, certainly next year, but definitely over the next three years and in the next 10 years, which is what this bill does. I think the VCs have been caught between a rock and a hard place in this sense because they've got university councils to which they are beholden on the one side and then their staff and their students on the other, and both of them want different things from this government.
0: And so... Rick, it looks like the bill will be debated on and, and voted on today. So what do you think will happen? Well,
1: look, by the time we actually <laughs> um, get through the day, anything could happen because, you know, we have had opponents of the bill express concern that Jackie Lambie may still be rankled by the coalition. It's happened before, but she's having none of it in this particular case. Yeah, so you're done. No, no way they can get you. Oh,
2: no way. One of on my statements, oh, that we're done. Yeah.
1: I've made up my mind. So the only person
2: left in the race, like says is Rebecca Sharkey and, and Sterling Griff. Thank you, Senator. No, you're welcome, mate.
1: Thanks for the chat. No, I'll let you get back to it. Good luck.
2: Uh, yeah, you too. <laughs> Thanks, mate. All right, talk soon. Nice
1: to chat with you. Bye. Bye. Absent any announcement from Senator Alliance, the first clear sign of their vote will likely come this morning based on whether the, uh, the bill is actually listed on the order of business by... Matthias Cormann, the finance minister. Now, Matthias, I was told by at least one senator, doesn't like to put anything on the order of business if he knows he doesn't have the votes. So if he thinks he's got the votes, then that can pretty much be read um, as, a, as a huge clue that Senator Alliance have supported the, the legislation. But it is the Senate, um, it is the Australian Parliament, and literally anything can happen. And certainly that's we've seen that with Jackie Lambie. People were... Shocked! I've been hearing from people all week online just going, I cannot believe that Jackie Lambie is now um, likely the saviour of uh, Australia's university sector.
0: Rick, thank you so much for talking to me today.
1: Thanks, Ruby. It's always nice to be with you. Sloane Crosley is known for her funny and acerbic personal essays, but her new memoir digs much deeper to examine the loss of her best friend. Join me, Michael Williams, as I chat with Sloane about Grief is for People. Find it wherever you listen.
0: Also in the news today... Victoria's Chief Health Officer, Brett Sutton, has said it's lineball as to whether the state will meet the tight rules needed to ease restrictions on October 19. Sutton's comments came as nine new cases were recorded on Monday and a cluster linked to Chadston Shopping Centre grew to 24. And US President Donald Trump briefly left hospital yesterday to drive past supporters in a motorcade. A spokesperson for the White House said that the drive was approved by medical staff, but concerns have been raised about the well-being and safety of the driver and Secret Service staff accompanying the President. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow for a special Federal Budget episode of the show.